Welcome to I Just Don't Know, a podcast where we learn something new, challenge opinions, and hope to make the misinformed informed. I can openly say I've spoken when I did not need to, been unnecessarily controversial, and shared my misinformed opinion, thinking it was not. In this podcast, I'll try to right some wrongs and take on a new topic each episode that I think I knew, but in fact, I just don't know. This episode is all about the beginning of something, that fuzzy feeling when you, that when you were younger. Get it, It's getting cold, but the idea of getting everything you want is just on the horizon. Everything starts to change outside. People start doing strange traditions. I'm, of course, talking about the signs of Christmas. So I wanted to do this podcast uh, episode because we're in that sort of phase at the moment. I love uh, Christmas in London in particular. And all the signs of Christmas are out all on display this year. And it's so good to see it in person. Everyone out and about trying to really enjoy the build up to Christmas. It is a bit early days still. I'm recording this in November. Um, but I wanted to look into more detail about some of the things I really enjoy about Christmas, but maybe some of the assumptions I made about the origins of the Christmas spirit and that build up to sort of December and Christmas Day itself. And where does that actually come from? Because I'm going to start early on here with an assumption that is it all based on religion? And the basis of that, or a lot of it is based on religion, or is a or is a lot of it based on the influences of the sort of American consumerism drives and marketing drives of the fifties and sixties so there's some of the assumptions there I'm going to look at trying to disprove, but also I just wanted to enjoy the sharing of of these different signs and you might have some signs that are unique to you and traditions that you normally do in the build up to Christmas. Um, I certainly have a few that might be unique and other people don't do and some are very common and people really enjoy and do it and we all do it together and that's and that's what I really like about especially here in the UK we have those traditions and and I definitely think they do it in Europe as well um, so some of the things I really enjoy uh, are that sort of idea of of all the different sort of the tastes and smells of Christmas that's that come in and uh, more recently I've had my first mince pie yesterday and you have the smell of mulled wine a gingerbread gingerbread latte as, as you get a bit older uh, but when when I was younger you would have that little bit more sort of chocolate that someone would bring in a box of quality street or someone would uh, have uh, sort of some chocolate cake or chocolate brownies they would make and uh, for into school because it's sort of that build up to Christmas or leftovers from what they did at at at, uh, at the weekend. But then, but the biggest one is having chocolate in the morning. So I know some people have this in uh, around sort of uh, on Christmas Day. They definitely have chocolate in the morning. But it's all about advent calendars, and one of the biggest signs of Christmas is advent calendars everywhere, all over the shops in November as early as almost October, straight after Halloween. But I really enjoy the different sort of advent calendars you can get. And I remember religiously, not religiously, but uh, traditionally, my family, me and my brothers would always open our calendars and we'd make sure we 
read the joke or comment that's inside it. But when I was, was thinking back when I was really young, I used to have, I didn't have calendars necessarily with chocolate in, like uh, that I will cover in a bit. But I had calendars that were actually religious and, and sort of pictures in. And that got me thinking about when did it change? Why do we obsess with these Cadbury chocolate um, chocolate sort of uh, advent calendars? And also these ones that you can get now with like beer in and, and you, big sort of expensive ones. I saw one on Etsy with, it was like a wooden sort of carved one with different uh, things inside that was, I think it was about sort of £160 for an advent calendar. Absolutely bizarre. Um, but it was it was the chocolate in, in the advent calendars that I think everyone is so used to. And I don't even think it's that good a chocolate if if you do get some of the cheaper ones. But it's that feeling. It's all about having that little cheeky bit of chocolate. Unless everyone here has Cocoa Pops for, for breakfast. And uh, cereal is a, is a different topic I want to cover in terms of one of these bizarre, I just don't know, podcasts. But I was looking into advent calendars a bit more. And uh, obviously, the the definition of advent, uh, hopefully most uh, most people know, is actually just cut, it means coming in, in Latin. Uh, and it's... Um, sort of originates back to the 19th century and originally advent was set up for those who were going to convert to christianity in the build-up to the celebration of of the birth of of christ Uh, and so that was where advent originally sort of started from but it was actually a german uh, called gerhard long who supposedly printed the first advent calendar in the early 1900s and he set up a business um, but unfortunately with the with world war ii and world war one hitting uh the the sort of there was a massive global shortage of cardboard so as a result he had to close down and elite and also it was illegal in germany to print a picture that did not sort of support the the nazi regime so and they actually created which is something i learned a uh, Nazi version that had different sort of symbols of of um, Nazism to for people to open on for an advent calendar. So that is that it was very interesting discovery. That's quite a build up to Christmas. But I think the true sort of maybe the person that really made it big the advent calendar. I was reading about really interestingly. This is where it all bases, and I and I, and I love these sort of origin stories of of post war where someone just did something that they, they enjoy, and now it is in all of our lives in the UK and Europe. Maybe not the US, but definitely in the UK and Europe. So the guy's Richard Selmer, based in Stuttgart in Germany, and he produced The Little Loan, and it's based on like a snowy German village, and it's like a picture, and you can open these sort of boxes or windows, revealing more of the picture itself. And it's like a little story, and each day as you build up towards Christmas, the revealing of these pictures, it might be a door opening or a window opening, within the picture revealing something about the story, maybe a a, a sort of a watcher in the night or a, or a, a guy sort of leaning out the window shouting or looking for something. And it's like a really nice sort of sweet setup. So I thought, okay, that sort of reminds me of of what I had when I was younger when we had the sort of slightly religious ones and... Um, but then what was great to see is that um, Richard Selma still goes. And you can still buy a Selma advent calendar 
uh, from from the website, and uh, it, it's it's amazing. And they do over 140 different product types. And uh, I looked, and it's only about just under five euros for for it. Uh, unfortunately, they only deliver to Germany and I think Europe, um, but definitely only I think they only deliver to Germany, which is a shame. So if you are if you ever make it to Germany, you won't manage to pick up a Selma advent calendar. Well, that's one of the originals. Um, and it, and they're very nice, and it's made me think. Okay, maybe I should do that rather than getting a getting sort of a traditional chocolate one, because uh, I just I just love advent calendars, and that's why I've sort of gone off on this tangent about advent calendars as one of the biggest signs of Christmas, because I really do enjoy that sort of daily reminder that some a time of rest and joyfulness with your family and friends is coming. It's on the horizon in the depths of this winter and dark evenings and and sort of blistering cold and snow and things like that it's 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 coming it's it's on it's on the horizon uh, where you can really just rest and eat all the food so uh but that, so then i wanted to sort of explore my assumptions that where did the chocolate so sort of the chocolate advent calendars come from and I, I thought and i assumed that uh they came from america and it was just a, a consumerism good marketing from some sort of um firm that was trying to sell more the idea of an advent calendar and i think i read that selma's german calendars was were distributed to the u.s when cardboard became more readily available in the 1950s so um i figured oh the u.s just sort of copied the idea and then they just put chocolate in and it made it more appealing to to sort of kids and everyone families and as chocolate became more widely available to the world after the war then it just was mass produced and that's where it started but actually in fact it was in sort of 1971 Cadbury's in the UK first created a chocolate calendar but then they stopped they didn't do it for very long it was a one-off um so that was based in the UK but Selma supposedly did it in 1958 so in the late 50s but he didn't really start it he didn't really do it again um and then it wasn't until sort of the 80s that they actually started doing chocolate calendars and going going back to Cadbury's, who similar sort of working simultaneously here, over in the UK or here in the UK, they started doing more chocolate calendars in the seventies again, from seventy two to eighty six, but then again they stopped. So clearly we it was either too expensive or we didn't really like the idea. I think uh, I think I read that it was more sort of people were preferred the sort of religious, more traditional calendars like the ones that I had, sort of in the nineties, where you would sort of open those pictures and it might be a sort of a different scene of, of the, the birth of Christ or it could be um, one of these little known German sort of picturesque snowy snowy uh, villages. That, um, so everyone was sort of sticking to that but because the parents, the generation of, of the 60s who uh, throughout the 70s and 80s or the people who were, were born in the 50s were more sticking to those traditions. But then, from about 1993 onwards, um, the that was when the chocolate calendars really kicked off, and Selma uh, in Germany and Cadbury's in the UK really started selling calendars and on on a mass scale. And now you can get all sorts of chocolate calendars. I was in Hamleys in in, in near Piccadilly Circus recently, and there was this massive Lego version one and another Peppa Pig one and. Uh, there's Thornton ones, chocolate Thorntons. That's that's nice, and Hotel Chocolat ones for thirty pounds, and all these different advent calendars ideas. And I know someone who had little gifts per day, which I actually quite liked. 
Uh, I think I've gone for a sort of traditional traditional one, I think Galaxy or something like that. Um, uh, yeah, Chocolate Galaxy. I'm looking forward to starting that. But actually, well, I did um, at, at work actually what, a couple of years back. I think I was inspired by something I saw. These these sort of drinks advent calendars where you create like tubes and you can stick sort of a, a drink can in it or a bottle, a little bottle of champagne or Prosecco. I think I, I handmade one out of sort of um, packaging tubing for like maps, cut them into pieces, covered it in green paper, stacked it like a Christmas tree, 24 tubes, happy days, but sort of uh, sort of covers on each one with a number. And there you have it, uh, an advent calendar that my team opened each day and took turns and I put a little joke in there, everyone to say. And I think it, la- it lasted three years. Three years is, can't believe it. And uh, I think this year it was thrown away as the as we moved out of the old office and I wasn't able to retrieve it uh, as we've we, we've come back to the office say so, um that is it's it's had a good it had a good innings it did really well and I, but it's uh, definitely is my my obsession with advent calendars um uh, I just love that build up and I still remember it's crazy I still remember talking in my lower school I must have only been about six or seven people talking about advent calendars but because I went to a, a sort of a lower a, a catholic lower school so up to the age of I think uh, nine or eight, from the age of six to eight, uh, six to nine, I think. Um, the they were really emphasising the the religious side of things of the build up to Christmas. So maybe that pushed me towards loving the sort of the more secular side of Christmas. And I and I read an article recently about what were the nine signs of Christmas, and it it did make me laugh a little bit because it missed out some of the big ones. But it did uh, it sort of disprove some of my assumptions that everyone is like me when it comes to Christmas. And I think it's really easy to assume that some people enjoy things just as much as you do or everyone should like Christmas or it's either polarised and you either love Christmas or you hate Christmas. Well, I don't know many people that do hate Christmas, but it's interesting that everyone enjoys it in different ways in terms of the build up to Christmas. Christmas itself is a whole nother, a whole nother thing. But the nine signs of Christmas were the first off were the Christmas lights. And I get that. Christmas lights everywhere. I think everyone gets that. And that's one of the first things everyone thinks of. But not everyone goes to the Christmas light turn on show. Uh, I know I've went to that a few times in back home in in Bedford. And, and I didn't. A friends of mine went to the one in London, which which must have been quite exciting. And I know they get sort of random celebrities back in the day to turn, to turn them on in different cities. And it's a sort of a, a sign of prestige for for the local hero or the local legends in there, or if not, if it's if it's a big one, and uh, someone some sort of big t- TV celebrity star. So the Christmas lights is a big one, but I don't think everyone enjoys them the same amount, and they're not always to the best quality. I think the ones in London and Oxford Street are very impressive due to the scale of them, but I think actually in some of the smaller cities in the UK, I think they're I think they're sort of actually better sometimes uh, because they've got more control less area to cover and therefore can put more time and thought into it and i i think it's one of the best things the all these sort of these councils and and government um officials and local and local authorities do because they have to take the brunt of it and organization of it and i'm sure someone well someone has to do that job each year and and i'm sure they don't use the same lights as 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 people sometimes do in their own home sort of repetitive use and, I, and maybe they do with some of the big pieces but uh, I know I love that people are putting putting them up and uh, and I think this is this week or this weekend will be a big weekend for lots of places for turning their street 
sort of town centre high street lights on, so very exciting. Uh, number two on the signs was mince pies in the shop everywhere, and I think that's definitely the case. I bought another a set of mince pies today, uh, Sainsbury's Tesco uh, Sainsbury's finest. And uh, yesterday we got some mini Tesco finest ones. And uh, we do a mince pie competition a few years back at work, and where they sort of assess we assess the different mince pies from all the different shops nearby Sainsbury's, Tesco's, M and S, uh, some of these sort of little market shows and. They did a scoring system, and I think M&S actually won, um, even up against some of the, the more expensive bespoke market spots. So very interesting there. Um, my my mum makes uh, little mince pies, homemade ones, like small mini ones, just perfect with a cup of tea, probably only about 80 to 90 calories, whereas the ones in the shops are pushing on 230, 250 calories. So that's a proper pudding, that, um, almost yeah, at least half a pudding. Um, so you don't that's that's quite so a little mini mini mince pie is my favorite but the sheer number of them and they sell them for a pound like they must make so many and i'd love to hear from someone who has to work in a factory or, or somewhere where they actually put these all together and they must start in november like buying all the stock and making the mince meat and putting it together uh, there is just so many out there and for a decent price uh, number three was the ice cold weather. So this is this is a sort of a debatable one. I wouldn't necessarily say cold weather with Christmas, um, but I think a bit of snow. People always definitely associate snow with Christmas. An interesting one. I don't really know why that is. Uh, maybe it is the time of year. We don't really get snow that often. But again, um, I assume that um, some places will get snow very early, October. So they surely don't associate snow with Christmas. So a subjective one there. Uh, number four is uh, that shops play Christmas music very early on, like beginning of November, uh, as soon as Halloween's done. But I actually disagree with that because I've been in a number of shops recently and they're still not playing them. And these are like generic sort of supermarkets and clothes shops. They're, they're not playing them yet, so maybe... Maybe they've held back this year because of the criticism uh, or the, the employees will just can't stand things. So very interesting there. And the next one was a bit a bit negative, actually. I didn't really like this one, but it's sort of true. I think it's more of a sign of, of autumn. But it, the number five was everyone gets a cold. Everyone gets sick. Um, but I think that's not necessarily generally the case. I think maybe uh, <laughs> maybe in December you people get sick because they're going out every week, every night, nights and going to the markets and and uh, uh, and go and having socials and social events and things like that. So I can appreciate that's why people perhaps get sick, but an interesting one. Uh, number six was ice rinks. So ice rinks everywhere popping up. I know the one near uh, the National History Museum in, in London, it's their last year this year. So it's a bit of a, a sort of, a, 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 well, momentous occasion. And if you have never been, definitely go. I'm, I'm definitely going to try and go because they're building some sort of, garden there or natural environment there from that they will not be able to interrupt or disrupt going forward so in line with sort of climate change and things like that and trying to improve the the environment over there it makes sense and i've heard the ice rink there is is okay it's a bit small and sort of groo grooved and it's not the smoothest of ice rinks but obviously with the view it's it's pretty impressive so i get that um, but don't no, definitely go i think the one i really want to go to again is the ice rink in Soho, uh, Somerset House in 
um, near the river. A skate, it's, uh, I think it's called. Big sort of letters of skate and a huge Christmas tree, sort of pink lighting. Somerset House is, is a truly wonderful place. I, I really love it. Uh, lots of good memories and interesting memories there. Um, definitely recommend. In terms of other ice rinks, I know there's definitely ones in a uh, little one in uh, Nottingham that has a great market there as well as Birmingham. Uh, so ice rinks, so yeah, I agree with that. Um, number seven is the Coca-Cola advert. I would say that is a sign, but I think the John Lewis advert is uh, more of a sign so and i and and i made the assumption that john lewis advert is is generally the sign i which was talking to someone and they always are interested about the aldi advert and the aldi advert i would say you could say and i i would agree it has the best advert this year so i don't know what you think but i think the uh, aldi absolutely smashed it with their sort of like carrot scrooge story taking a little joke about um not calling the caterpillar the other the one they've created i forgot about it now uh but their adverts yeah it's really good a lot better than john lewis but john lewis back in the day especially the penguin one i think absolutely absolutely crushed it in terms of getting people in the mood and emotional and happy about sort of thinking about christmas in an emotional way uh early on and, and getting people going but no john lewis is, is obviously having a bit of a hard time so they probably were limited on what they could do they're trying to be up to date with things but the but it's a department store because there's only so much you can do um and then number eight was actually speaking of department stores is actually looking at the department store windows and seeing how all the displays have become christmasy and this is something i did last night actually went to different areas of of oxford street and regent street and uh there are some really uh, sort of really nice impressive displays in these huge windows that normally would you sort of walk past naturally, but with the big displays of the presents and the lights, and, and they must cause cost thousands to put together. But they do attract you, and they really are window shopping in that sense. Is making it, it does make it does make the atmosphere. And I think it's quite unique to London, less so perhaps in other cities, maybe in some of the shopping centres around around the UK. But I think uh, window shopping is with the sort of creating that Christ, Christmas feeling, definitely a thing. But I would be intrigued to see what it's like in, in like Germany and, and those sort of supermarkets. I think it's very similar in the, in Europe. Um, it, it's reminding me and making me think of of the uh, the window shopping in in Japan, where they have lots of resin sort of st- resin based food. So all the all the meals that you can buy, uh, they make it, they make it look perfect, and then they pour resin on it or something like uh, in that sort of process, and then it stays in place, and then they put it sort of at an angle so it's looking at you. And you can see every single dish that that restaurant serves covered in resin, sort of that plastically look, look almost like the food, or the fake food you get with sort of a kid's kitchen set. But it doesn't really do it for me, but that's how they present their their windows. Um, and uh, I find it, it's uh, really interesting to see the different dishes. Um, but um, plastic food doesn't, it doesn't look that appetizing sometimes. But you, you do get used to it. But no, that, that sort of department store windows point did get me thinking about that uh, and then the last one probably one of my favorites and i think growing on everyone um is the german markets and this sort of goes right around back to mr richard selma uh, over in stuttgart back in the back in the 40s and 50s creating that advent calendar out of a bit of cardboard and drawing those amazing little uh, uh santa or 
uh, scenes of, of beautiful sort of snowy German towns and mountainous villages. The Germans have absolutely smashed it with creating that Christmas feeling and German markets with the, the bratwurst and the currywurst and the, the, the churros, which I don't think is German, but uh, that's the Spanish jumping in there. Um, pancakes or uh, little sort of waffles or something like that or the chocolate fountains. I think it's definitely a bit of a uh, a mishmash of different influences, food influences, things that people enjoy. I think uh, though it's definitely other things that are going to come in in the future. I think churros are naturally popular with people, but I don't think they're sort of German market based. When I was in Berlin, uh, they was there was a lot of sort of chocolatey nuts from memory that were sort of well priced and they're really nice. Uh, you get sort of loads of bags for them, and and everyone was selling those. I definitely want to go to a proper German market in in sort of not necessarily just Berlin, but like sort of as you said, Stuttgart and Frankfurt, and Munich, and really get that feeling because the UK ones are amazing. I think Birmingham is actually really good. Nottingham is great. Uh, Liverpool, I think, has a really good one. Uh, but London, they they've got a bunch in London: Covent Garden, Trafalgar Square, Leicester Square. That they're, they're okay. They're decent, um, but. I actually think uh, that all the little trinkets they sell, looking at them, sometimes you just go, well, they've just bought them from a wholesaler here. The person selling them is just a reseller, effectively. You want to go to a German market where that person there actually sells that stuff. And I don't think that happens as often now because I think it's a bit of a money-making scheme, which I can't I can't fault them. That's what they're doing. They've decided to work for six weeks in a store, stand in the cold. They've bought a whole load of this stock. They've said to the organizers, well, this is our plot. How much does it cost? We'll pay it off with what we sell. The rest will keep us profit and we'll offset the, the, the rest of the cost for the stock and we'll sell the stock on next year or something like that. So I can't blame them. They're trying to make some money. But I want to go to, uh, I really want to go to a market where, uh, where they are the person who is there actually sells them. But I don't think that is actually much of a thing with the German market because it's that pull. Everyone everyone wants to go to that German market feel. And I think... Uh, the ultimate one there is Winter Wonderland, and I hope everyone here gets to winter, gets to go to Winter Wonderland. I'm uh, I, I'm very happy that I'm going. Yeah, sort of the build the week before Christmas. Very excited for that. It's going to be excellent. I'm going to enjoy the market, but also enjoy the beer hall because you can't go wrong with the beer hall as well. And that's a whole other thing. Is a beer hall a sign of Christmas? Well, not really because of Oktoberfest, but uh, I think it is. It doesn't. It's not too far off the the, the signs of Christmas in London anyway going to a sort of German beer hall enjoying 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 a stein but overall my assumptions of everything is about religion well I don't think it's that's not the case anymore I think it's a bit of a mishmash of of German influences and UK influences and and uh, and food influences that we enjoy but also just the love of of the the sharing of of what what each person enjoys my assumption that we are heavily influenced by the US and what they do I think is not actually that true um, and maybe in sort of some of the films definitely but I think that's the that's really the sort of week or so before Christmas but the signs of Christmas in those sort of late November period early December the biggest one I love obviously the advent calendars Christmas lights are great the adverts fantastic the weather the music the shopping but overall it's thoroughly enjoyable hope you enjoyed this slightly different podcast uh, i have it's uh, a lot as you can hear i love love christmas um please do uh, continue to to listen to the to my podcast i've learned a little bit 
about uh, about Christmas in this one, and I've, I've perhaps correct some of my assumptions of, of how we're influenced in the build-up to Christmas, and uh, I hope you've learned something too. Um, so thanks so much, and uh, bye, everybody.